Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alec Baldwin, and here's the thing. Dick Cavett's career in television spans nearly five decades. During that time, he's also acted in movies and on Broadway, hosted a radio show, and written several books. His latest, a memoir called Talk Show, came out last year. The Dick Cavett Show debuted in 1968. Here was a small-town Nebraska boy with a Yale education, cultured yet unintimidating, thoughtful, honestly curious, and funny. He had a knack for gently driving the conversation to the heart of the matter while keeping his guests comfortable. May I call you Orson again? Oh my goodness, wouldn't it be ridiculous if you didn't? Cavett's show could book the brightest and often the most reclusive celebrities of that time. Catherine Hepburn, John and Yoko, Groucho Marx, Orson Welles, Truman Capote. Cavett himself was as admired as his guests. Robert Mitchell! If one more person had told me how many times you've terrified interviewers, I wouldn't have been able to do this. I don't feel that I terrify interviewers. They more or less terrify me. Debbie Reynolds. You don't mind my asking, do you? It's not rude in Hollywood to ask. It's really, it's really, it's all right. No, you can ask me anything. No, no, I mean, I mean, I know that all, most Just my hair comes their... off, but yeah. my teeth don't come out. Betty Davis. How come you didn't kiss me then when you came out if I'm so... Well, let's see, this is the third show. Hmm? By the fifth show, we'll give each other a hell of a kiss when I come out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I've known Cavett for several years as a neighbor on Long Island. Um, how are you, by the way? I visited him at his house there, a place called Tick Hall. Oh, yeah, you might take in the vista. Cavett's house sits on a beautiful remote cliff overlooking the Atlantic. Who's this? Riley. Hi, Riley. Riley came from a Riley's a little neurotic. Cavett has lived here for 43 years. 
for our listeners, Here come that I. sound you're hearing is the rattle of the iced tea being delivered into By the parlor here. Very attractive employee. Yes. Yeah. That's actually his wife, Martha. His first wife, Carrie Nye, died in 2006. She came Ed, with the house. Eddie and Puffy Morgan. Cavett got his start in show business writing for the greats of early television, Jack Parr, Merv Griffin, and Johnny Carson. After a few years of this, he decided to start writing for himself. But first, he had to figure out who he was. And there's a breakthrough point I had when I got what you might call a premise. And I just refound, thank God, a lost letter from Groucho saying, um, saw you on the Merv Griffin show the other night and got that old feeling. Seriously, he may have said, I think you've struck a mother load with your idea of being the Nebraska yokel at Yale. And that Is that was, the card you played? Well, yes. I started thinking what, you know, always you hear writers must write what they know. Well, what's my life? What do I know? I don't have an unusual large nose. I don't have fun. I'm not short and fat. I can't play off that. I can't. Uh, but I did come from the Midwest and go to the Ivy League. Totally contrasting worlds. There was no Ivy League in your family? None. What did your dad do? All three of my parents, I also had a stepmother, uh, were teachers. And uh, my dad taught high school and... Um, and as he always reminded me when I was going to spend some money on something, your mother and I, in the Depression, had to decide whether to spend a dime on a loaf of bread or if we could go to a movie with it. Right. <laughs> I can't believe that. but it's That's a Depression era. That was my dad. Yeah. Was it a semi-rural or rural community? Quite, quite rural, yes. Yeah, you walk, the edge of town was a few feet in every direction. Right. Uh, I've been to, every time I go to Comstock, I try to picture where my dad maybe lived and taught. And, uh, but he was rewarded with $900 a year. Now, what, what was your relationship to conversation? Meaning, have you always been the conversationalist back home in... Uh, Nebraska, and then when you went to Yale, and a month ago on this table, and I was going through old envelopes of stuff, I found three. What do you call them? Report cards from third, fourth, and fifth grade. Miss Gabus, Miss Fuchs, and uh, Mrs. Graham. And all three of them said, "One might imagine how far Dick would get if he'd stop talking in class." You've hit it. Dick must learn to control his talking. <laughs> is on two of them. And Dick must learn to let others talk occasionally, one of the wittier ones uh, put down. But you were always someone who, it was a gift you had. Apparently, yeah. Uh, and um, Did you go to Yale uh, undergrad? You did graduate school as well? No. Uh, undergrad only. Sometimes I'm referred to as a drama school graduate. You weren't. Um, I wasn't. I took three courses in the drama school while I was an undergraduate. Directing. Miss Welch's speech class, stage speaking, it's theory and practice, and uh, a theater history class taught by a humorless German, if that isn't too redundant. You mentioned his name when I saw you. What was his name? Alois Nagler. Alois Nagler. He was kind of good. He looked like Rex Harrison, but spoke like Himmler. What was my other favorite name you told me the other day? Ola? Oh, Orson Welles, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful girlfriend I met in the... Right in that part of the plaza lobby that Cary Grant pauses at in the beginning of North by Northwest and Essential. And he said, 
Dick, this is my lady friend Oya Palancash. Oya Palancash. Oh, this is Oya Palancash, and I thought, I'm going to remember that name yes. as long as I can. I'm going to Google it as soon as I can. Yeah. God, I'd love to know the details of his life in all those years when he'd make a film, not quite finish it, move on, uh, live off some countess somewhere, and then his next address would be in Spain, and the next one would be in Dunkirk. And God, what a life. Mad, strange, wasted gigantic amount of talent. Obviously not totally wasted because he did a lot of films, but uh, in a doctor's office I picked up a national, a new republic. And it was an article that began, someday theater historians will have to deal with the problem of what Marlon Brando and Orson Welles did to their bodies. And he parallels their two careers, the wastedness the bad choices, yeah, early the contempt genius. for the business sure. that they love to express. When I was going to do a television show, I was 10 years too old for the part. I was 40, and they wanted me to do Brick in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. You were 10 years too... Too old. Too I was old 40, to... and Brick should be you know, hovering around yeah. 30, late 20s. So they wanted me to um, do this uh, for CBS and have Brando play Big Daddy. So I yeah. contacted him, and he says, when would you like to get together? I said... I'd like to get together with you this week, quite frankly, because I'm leaving for Africa. And he said, sure, come over to the house on Thursday at 1 o'clock. I went to his house. 12,500 Mulholland Drive. I went to Mulholland Drive, yeah, and had lunch with him for nearly four hours at his house. Talk about people who talk. And he talked about his weight gain and his physical problems. He talked about it like it was an airbag, like it just, Mm -hmm. like one day. And it wasn't until he was morbidly obese did he say... Mm. Well, maybe I'm not doing so well. But when you did the show with him, because yeah. I watched so many of your shows... He wasn't very terribly fat there. He had a gut. Yeah, he was a little blocky. But the funny thing about him is there's later Brando, you know, the very end, and there's him with uh, Larry King. And he's very playful and he's very childlike. Mm-hmm. But with you when he was on, he seemed very feral on the show. Was he that way off camera? He seemed like he was going to throw a punch any minute now. I know. And, and, and the, alternating with... That million-dollar grin that my director admitted he couldn't cut away from to do a reaction shot. He was so hypnotized by that fabulous grin of his. Uh, But he seemed angry. Other people said the show seemed like pulling teeth and what did he bring the dreary Indians on for and all this stuff. It was a very difficult evening, and if I had it to do again, I didn't resist him any except at one point well, I got a laugh that he didn't get until he heard the audience laugh, I th- it looks like, when I've seen it back, which was, what about the success of the movie The Godfather? And he, and he said, uh, I won't talk about movies. And the audience laughed. Cause that's one thing he would talk to a big movie star about. And, so, and then he grinned. He gave through that anomalous grin, like I know what this must mean to you. So then I said, how about the book, The Godfather? <laughs> and he, he knew to laugh at that point. And the other one was his belittling, iced tea rattling, belittling of the, of the art of acting. And now, you know, anybody can do it, you know. Once he said to me, you know, you, your mom said, who peed on the toilet seat? And you say, I didn't do it. And you, you're acting then. Yeah. You know. I come into his house and he says, he says, and we're sitting there, and I'm completely 
uh, numb. Yeah, he comes in in a moo. At first, you are. He comes in in a moo moo, and we're in his house. It's a very hallucinatory moment for me. He looks at me and says, "Uh, "You and I are like two dogs sniffing each other right now." And he says, "I'd like to make an arrangement with you, an agreement with you, where you say whatever you want to say, and ask me whatever you want to ask me, and I'll say whatever I want to say, and I'll ask you whatever I want to ask you. We'll just talk about whatever we want to talk about, and it'll make us feel that is, that is so him. Did he ever do any of his little upsmanship things, like saying, um, why are you holding your left hand in your right hand like that? I said, well, I don't know. <laughs> why did you move your head, hand to the side of your head like that? Uh, but I know what you mean when you first met him. If you can stop the voice in your head saying, Jesus Christ, this is Marlon Brando that I'm sitting with, and he's so aware of, of that. My first talk with him was on the phone, where we are now, in fact. He called, I was told he would at a certain time, and we talked with the sun about 15 degrees above the horizon, until well after the moon had risen. <laughs> With him as an example, who were the ones who you were surprised the way it went? Oh. Good or bad? Yeah. The bad, the good was, of course, always welcome. And I, I had no reason to think that James Mason would be the first person I ever had on a show, on my daytime show, who was so enchantingly charming talking without any sense of putting on the charm, that I missed all signals to go to commercial. <laughs> and it was the first time that I broke through reading my notes off to the guest, barely able to hear what they were saying for reasons of nerves and signals that I just missed over their shoulder. And, oh, my God, someone lettered a card and took it back. And, oh, God, the guest's lips have stopped moving. Um... Do you have any hobbies? <laughs> <laughs> when it goes badly, it goes badly. The ones who went badly were invariably, not many, fortunately, nobody just died on me, except whoever the lout was who was the male lead in the movie Zabriskie Point uh, and his nonverbal girlfriend who were inflicted on me once, however many years ago, as a brisky point came out. Well, he was monosyllabic and maybe thought it was funny. So I don't know if it's a good movie or not. Hmm. Probably. Funny, I get desperate. I said, I said, wait, I read that you got in a fight backstage with somebody, a fist fight in a television studio. Yeah. What do you want to know about it? I said, details. <laughs> this is for the Forcing him to talk. A little later. Now, when this sort of thing happens, there's one thing you must always do. Be sure you have Mel Brooks sitting there. Brooks was here. <laughs> and it was... Uh, one day we were... We found a... Um, uh, the guy says, we found a... Um, uh, a... Uh, a bread box, something, Mel. <laughs> Mel yelled. <laughs> the disappointing guests were writers. Now, I loved having writers on. I did a, 
a boy's dream, some boy's dreams. Updike and Cheever on the same show, Cheever separately, Updike separately, Saul Bellow. I had them, started to say I had them all. But who didn't cut it as a talk show guest? But the thing was that, the yeah, you couldn't believe that this semi-articulate person having trouble with vocabulary, seemingly, and just outlandish, unbelievable thing, had written that glorious prize-winning prose that you read. Now, the exceptions were, of course, many. Truman Capote, questionably accurate but entertaining guest at all times. <laughs> you had Olivier on the show, correct? Yes. It was, it was a 90-minute show in London. And then I did him again in New York, um, in the Wyndham Hotel with, uh, with Lady Olivier, Joan Blairite. So I got two with Olivier. Um, How was that? Well, it, it was it was fine. Uh, he what, what was so interesting, interesting about word. meeting him? Was it fine? What do you mean? It, it was the opposite of bad. <laughs> I think is what I was trying. <laughs> you can't pick on a guy's choice of words. <laughs> I swore to God recently that I would never say the word awesome in my life. Sure. And if we could only make that true of everyone in the world, that would be swell. It can go along with iconic and um, closure and like, of course, and a few others. Amazing. We all are saying amazing all the time. Now, I got five amazings in watching morning television for about 40 minutes the other day. Amazing guest, amazing guest. We have it's just an amazing script. It's just amazing. I was amazed by it. Your career amazes me. Yeah, but Olivier was terrific, and he was such a clown. Afterward, not on the air. He could have done so more on the air, and it would have been wonderful. I think I was probably a little too in awe, I didn't say awesome, to get all the fun out of him that I later learned is in there. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. Coming up, more from my conversation with Dick Cavett. Mother's Day is coming, and Mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get Mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get Mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. 
Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm sipping iced tea and chatting with Dick Cavett. Who are the people today that you sit there and say, God, if I was doing it now... That seemed like it could be fun. I almost wish you hadn't asked me that well. because uh, here's how that thought occurred to me. I was on a radio show plugging the book. Of, I think it was Mark Simone. And he said, "This you must get Cabot's DVDs. Uh, there's one called Hollywood Greats. And, and, and may, he may have said, tell us who's on it. And I thought, what a dirty trick. I, you know, I won't be able to think of two of them now. <laughs> But I had it sitting there on my messy table. And here's who's on it. It has all of Catherine Hepburn, Betty Davis, Fred Astaire, Kirk Douglas, Lucille Ball, Frank Capra. No Coward. Uh, Coward isn't on that one, damn it. Uh, That needs a separate one, too. Robert Mitchum, Orson Welles, John Huston, and Marlon Brando. And I looked at this. Did I mention Lucille Ball? And uh, I thought two things. Um, A, am I the only one in this cover of this box who's alive? No, Kirk Douglas is. But what I really thought was, who are their counterparts now? What list of today's greats would include that many Redwoods. Even in politics. Politics, writing, is there anybody? Authors? I, don't know. I think we live in an age of increasing mediocrity. So you don't sit there and say, I would love to have had Richard Holbrook on, I'd love to have... Uh, oh, there are, so, there are plenty of people. Yeah. yeah, God, yes. Meryl Streep belongs on anybody's list of greats. You know, and, 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 and. But I don't think quite so many achieve... Maybe you can't be big in the way those people were, these giant people yeah. who are... Do they grow redwoods anymore? Yeah. Do they just grow smaller sequoias or yeah. pines? Yeah, zelkovas. <laughs> Conifers of some sort. Yeah. Well, the media is like a train. You know, I mean, it used to be a train was a glamorous, gleaming thing that wasn't up. Now a train is a filthy... That's what you get in when you can't... It raises the question completely outside show business, but when I was a kid, I marveled that Japan had a 200-mile-an-hour, the Shinkansen bullet train, and we still have the Long Island Railroad, and I'm 50 years older. Yeah. It's a great country, though, isn't it? Otherwise. It's America. Yeah. It is, yes. 
you um, you obviously have had your difficulties, no. and you've talked about it. No, no. You're looking over your shoulder like, no, that's somebody else. <laughs> and I know for me, when I was getting divorced and I was in the, the real nadir of the whole experience, I, I felt mm -hmm. horrible. Mm. Everybody gets down. Everybody has the blues. Everybody suffers losses. You can not only have a bad game, you can have a bad season. Yeah. But then when do you decide that you need help from someone clinically? Since memory is affected by depression, there are details like that that you're not absolutely sure of. But I know the one time I knew was that when I boarded the Concorde and realized I'm not going to be this sick in another country and got off. Yeah. And I called my shrink and he said, well, you can either get on the next plane or go to Columbia. And my staff was already over there. And I just thought, I can't go away feeling this horrible. A stewardess took one look at me and said, you want to get off? And I said, yeah. I mean, she saw whatever it was. It was that clear. Now, let me ask you this. Did you work during any of this? Were you able to work? I had to work, yeah. yeah. I had to work. And, and work helped me a bit. Well, I can tell you a quickie that involves two people we've already named. I was at the Brando residence. You might have just left uh, one day. And I told him about taping a show with Olivier in the Wyndham Hotel for PBS. And I said, I was so depressed while doing it. And it's being Olivier made me realize how depressed I was because when I got to the hotel and they took me to a room and we were going to tape in the room up above, I thought, Laurence Olivier is one story above me and I don't give a damn. I just want to go home and get under the rug. And there are some cue cards. What do they say? Oh, I'll start it over again. How can they be so cruel to get me out of bed and to do this? And sitting there with the Olivier's, having read a prompter, a cue card introduction, the chat started. And I had some notes off camera. But I thought, this is awful. They're going to come over any moment and say, Dick, it's all right. We'll send them home or we'll send you home and uh, they're home. You know, we'll get them back on another day. This is obviously not a good day for you. The other thought rushing through my head was, they can see I am nuts. My brain is cracked. They can see it. I must be taking 20-second pauses from when they speak until I do. And I must be just hanging there with my head. I better raise my head a little. And Olivier is quite, quite smart enough in the psychology of performing and so on to know that he's got a dingbat on his hands. Yeah. And this is just... He's flying solo here. Yeah. His co-pilot's asleep I hope the Robin, my, yeah, my producer, will uh, come over and say it's all right. But I realized I had finished it. And I was telling Brando that, and... He said, I said, how awful it was. He said, did you ever see that show? And I said, oh, God, are you kidding? No. Do me a favor. Go home and look at it. This is half a year later. Or longer. I was well then. So I went home and looked at it, and I was fine. Yeah. So there were no pauses. Then I saw him again and reported that to him. 
And I said, how did you know? What is that? I didn't have hesitations. I came right in. I looked interested, which I wasn't. My <laughs> eyes were sparkling, which I were no reason. And I looked like I was having the best time with the Olivier's anyone could have with anybody. It's an automatic pilot. Yeah. I've had to resort to it a lot. Yeah. Takes over. So had I stayed home that day and not taped the Olivier's, I would have stayed in bed and could not, if I'd been taped there, I wouldn't have looked good. But some part of us who are in the business, something won't let you, some crazy way, be a total mess while you're working. Well, there's two of us. Yeah, we have two sides, those two sides. I saw it with Judy Garland, yeah. who was, I think, on my show for her last television appearance, the 68 daytime show. ABC erased them all, used them to tape, well, let's make a deal. It might be, there's a, somebody has a bumpy home tape of that. She was so wonderful. You talk about these tapes, by the way, I want to get back to that. Oh, whenever yes. You, no, whenever Sunday. you talk about these tapes and you got the rights to the ABC There's several, several versions of what really happened. I just remember being told one day, Dick, they've... They're going to either reuse the tapes or erase them or dump them. And when and you I say said, that what tapes? The ones to the ABC show. And you can have them if you want to for sixty dollars each. And I thought, well, that's a ludicrous amount of money. Yeah. But and a guy on my staff unfortunately, but he did it quite well, went through them and eliminated those he thought would never be of any interest again, and it turns out some of them would have been. But I have most all of them. Not Thank God he didn't rely on you for that choice, because you would have said to him, well, you can get rid of the Olivier, because I was zonked throughout yeah, that. Yeah, throw out that one. Thank God. I was fine for the first Olivier one. When you talk about those ABC tapes, I, I in my mind, visualize... The guys throwing the sled on the fire, you know, and it burning. I uh, see these guys with boxes of tape. What are we supposed to do with these tapes, Charlie? Yeah. And somebody said, I don't know, the, the Cabot Show. I mean, what the hell is that? Ray said, throw it in the fire. Uh, oh, boom, you're, boom, boom. you're too realistic. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Oh, God, the and losses. There goes well, you know, the, the Sons of Bitches tapes. erased most of Johnny Carson's New York shows, years of them, a number of which I was on. Love to see them. What's your relationship to television now? Is there any of it you watch? Is there anything you like? Is there? I'm rapidly news gotten from? so I don't associate television with entertainment very much. Yeah. Um, and no this TV is a viewing total, now. Total, total, three hundred and sixty degrees. Uh, when we got television in Nebraska, that's, I watched it every evening. I could tell you now. CBS, NBC, and ABC schedules for every night of the week back then. I watched everything, and a lot of it was good. I wasn't just watching crap. I watched Studio One. I watched Robert Montgomery, Philco Theater, The Web, um, and of course, Gleason, and all the variety shows. The Sammy comics. Spear and his orchestra! <laughs> yeah. Les Brown and his band of renown. And now here's the star of our show, Bob Hope. <laughs> And I get goose pimples even now. But then, not only did I watch it, I from Nebraska, but I got to Yale. 
And I went down to New York, and every all the other men went to Vassar, Smith, and Wellesley on weekends. I went to TV and theaters and studios in New York, and I took a CBS envelope that I pulled off a CBS truck. Some guy had left a manila envelope with CBS eye on it. And I put something in that, and I walked into the stage door of the Jackie Gleason show and said, how's it going today? Okay. And got into the theater and hid in there until showtime and watched. And when the June Taylor dancers formed that V up to the upstage and Jackie came down through it, I know my hair stood up. You can read Dick Cavett's blog, a word he admits he had to look up before he started writing one, on the New York Times website. How would you rank me so far? How am I doing? If you had to use one word, what would it be? Wow. Oh, thank you. W-W-O-W. I thought you were going to say awesome. No, I would, I would not say awesome for anybody in any prize. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.